The Boston Celtics choked. Julius Randle's definitely an all-star. And the New York Knicks get a big victory. How's that for an intro? Hit the... You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, if you didn't know, now you do. We are available on all platforms. That includes on YouTube. So go hit that big uh, subscription button. Uh, check the notifications uh, bell. I think it's the bell. I got to double I gotta double check that. Um, so you never, ever miss an episode. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I'll be joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the world. Um, but tonight I am rocking solo and uh, fortunately plenty to talk about after an incredible game of the year type of victory for the New York Knicks, 120 to 117 over the Boston Celtics, where for once law of averages, it was going to happen. Uh, the New York Knicks were not the team to miss free throws down the stretch and blow the game. That was the Boston Celtics who had a chance to win it in regulation uh, when Jason Tatum had a, a Pretty good look from about 20 feet. He clanked it. They had a chance when Robert Williams got the rebound. Jericho Sims blocked that. They had a chance to take the lead at the very least with seven seconds left. Jalen Brown misses two free throws. They had a chance to come down and tie it, send it to a second overtime. Uh, Jason Tatum missed it. They had a chance to again send it to a second overtime. And uh, who else but Jalen Brunson blocking Malcolm Brogdon's attempt at the overtime buzzer. The New York Knicks. Walk out of Boston for the, uh, let's see, second consecutive game with their win of the year. Uh, how about that? Um, but how did we get there? Um, so the Celtics went up by 15 in the first quarter. Uh, the Knicks behind uh, some great shot making from uh, Julius Randle and a revamped defensive scheme and uh, even more so than a revamped scheme, revamped execution as the game went along. Um, we're able to tighten up defensively. Um, were able to extend to a 13-point advantage, 102 to 89, with seven minutes and eight seconds left in the game. Um, and then there was a lot of uh, Julius Randle and Jason Tatum going back and forth. Um, there was a lot of the Knicks offense. Uh, let me let me know if you've heard the story before. Uh, faltering under pressure from the Celtics and not really having a response outside of uh, shooting extremely late in the shot clock. Um, and usually in the form of an isolation for either Brandle, Brandle, geez, uh, either Brunson or Julius Randle. Um, though I might, I might just say Brandle going forward. Um, Quinn Grimes missed a, a wide open three pointer that Brunson did a brilliant job of creating with about 35 seconds left. That would have put the Knicks up by three. Um, and that's when Tatum, uh, came down and, uh, he missed, uh, his game winner. Um, and then in overtime, the Knicks went down 115 to 110. I, I thought it was over at that point. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to level with you guys. I, I did not have a good feeling in my stomach. It was sort of like, all right, we've seen this show before. Like the Knicks have a, a valiant effort 
Um, but ultimately, due to Tibbs's hard charging style and an overall lack of depth, or at least a lack of trusted depth, um, the Knicks do not have enough down the stretch to pull off the victory. Uh, that is not what happened. But that's not what happened. Julius Randle hit a massive three to make it 115 to 113. RJ Barrett got a corner three, and then uh, both Randle and Barrett hit their free throws down the stretch um, to cinch this one for the New York Knicks. But Randall was ultimately the story in this ball game. I, I think he did enough to cement an all-star berth in this one. 37 minutes, 37 points against the best team in the league, nine rebounds, 13 to 25 from the field, five for 13 from three, hit his first three of the ball game like he does seemingly every night now, uh, six for seven from the charity stripe. And, and as has been the case all year with Randall this year, um, apparently employing the Wim Hof method, which includes uh, ice baths and and uh, some heavy breathing exercises. I've dabbled before, but you know what? You can't question it. It's working for the guy. He said he had to sacrifice, uh, apparently, in an interview with Jared Greenberg. It didn't didn't look like he had to sacrifice a whole lot tonight. I mean, my my guy, my guy was eating good um, and and deservedly so. Let me say a uh, raining fire from deep. His his pull up game was immaculate um had one on on Jalen Brown that just kind of left me shaking my head it was almost like a marionette um he, he looked uh, honestly like it, it's the night to invoke the Navy he looked like Kobe Bryant um on that one shot in the third quarter and just just big play after big play I mean when the Knicks the Knicks had nothing going early in this game I mentioned they're down 25 to 10 at one point and it would have been like 25 to 2 if Randall wasn't bombing away from three-point range, if he wasn't working his way to the middle of the floor for mid-rangers, if he wasn't firing up the whole team with with big-time dunks, both to end the end the first and then open the third. I mean, that one he had on Jason Tatum where he, he almost had, like it gives you an idea of what a freak athlete he is because he was going too fast to dunk the ball. He shouldn't have been able to dunk it. You saw it on the slow-mo replay on TNT. Do yourself a favor and YouTube it if you didn't catch it live. He lost the ball in midair. And by the time he collected it, his head was essentially about to hit the backboard, um, but recovered it just in time, finished with the left hand on the right side on what probably should have been a righty dunk, but he was going so fast he didn't even have time to get it over with his right hand. Um, just a ridiculous – I mean, when, when he's shooting this well, I don't really know how you cover him defensively because he's getting these hard closeouts, and then you have this 270-pound bowling ball building momentum and – flying towards the rim he's up to 34 dunks this season he had just 25 a year ago he is or excuse me 25 in his uh, second team all nba season he, he is just at a different level athletically um and then in i mean just just some big shots in the second half like hit a three to answer a 9-1 celtics run um after the celtics tied the game up at 71 and that that kind of got the third quarter spurt going for the knicks um hit a like like again like when absolutely nothing was working like hit a big elbow jumper with 315 left um had that great offensive rebound inside the final two minutes and 30 seconds of the Jalen Brunson miss just kind of circled around and hit a short fadeaway um he wasn't perfect in overtime like he had a a really bad like panic pass versus a double team um oh sorry that was that was at the end of regulation and that that's what led to the Malcolm Brogdon three um and then after he made the first three in overtime um I had a dumb play like where he just kind of took like a heat check step back like that you can't really justify in that situation. But then the guy made up for it, right? I mean, he he made the extra pass to Brunson that led to the rant to, that led to the RJ three in the corner, and then he he hit his two free throws, which is, is has been far from a given for the New York Knicks this year. Um, 
I don't know what more to say because I, I think a lot of times, like in the All Star discourse on Randall, uh, what we hear over and over again is like, all right, like he's putting up the numbers, like the Knicks are winning, but other guys just uh, have like a little bit more of a pedigree, right? I would argue that Julius Randall is starting to belong in those conversations. And I don't know, is he, is he top 20? Is he top 15? Is he top 25 in the league? Like we can, that could be a whole episode. We can do that at some point, but he is, I think in the top 15 conversation at this point, because he is a force and he, he's doing it night after night after night. And I saw Zach Lowe in his column today. Like he, he didn't, he didn't have Randall on his team and he, he put in James Harden, Jimmy Butler, for his last two spots. And and he was saying like, look, like Randall at his like best, like does it just doesn't impact the game. Like the way those two guys do. And and then look, in Zach's defense, he said he was splitting hairs and like, and I, I don't think there's, I think it's a nearly impossible decision. I don't know if there's a clear cut wrong decision there, but I would push back on the idea that, that Randall at his best, I think is as good as Butler or Harden this year is as good as most of the guys outside of the top, like six dudes who everyone knows in the NBA. He, he has taken over games in a special way. And, and a lot of times like earlier this year, like he's been guilty of not being able to finish the job off. Wasn't the case tonight. He finished the job and it led to a Knicks victory. So when we come back, I want to get into um, Emmanuel Quickly's brilliance a little bit, Jalen Brunson's brilliance a little bit. Um, but before I do that, uh, there's uh, someone, someone, uh, you know, this is, I feel like this is like introducing like my, my like fiance to my parents. Like there's someone, there's someone very special. I want you to meet. And, Hopefully you've met him if you've been listening this week, but if, if you haven't, uh, now you will. It's our it's our newest sponsor at uh, FanDuel, and the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one, number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today. You get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Um, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to load up on uh, the NFC championship game. I'm going to load up on the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel pretty good that this is the week that Brock Purdy uh, turns into a pumpkin. So whatever it is, like 49ers under points, under yards, uh, Jalen Hurts over for rushing yards. Like, I, I think he lays it all on the line in this game. That, that's where I'm heading. So it's all on the app. That's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we are back on Locked On Knicks. Um, thank you for making us your first listen uh, today. And every day on Locked on Knicks. And I think the next place to go, I want to, I want to talk about Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Brunson because they were both outstanding in their own right. But I think it was fascinating to me how the Knicks responded to just getting bulldozed early in this game. And this is, I mean, this is what the Celtics did the first 15 or 16 games of the year to every single team that they played. They would just, bury you under an avalanche of three pointers. And there wasn't really a way to guard it, especially when Robert Williams wasn't in the lineup because they were, they were true. They were five out and, and look teams in the past have, have played five out and teams around the NBA. Like, I mean, look at the Utah jazz. They're doing it to great effect right now. Like play five out all the time, but to play five out with two killer wings, two um, all NBA wings, like one first team, one in Jalen Brown, who's a great shot at making second team this year. Um, 
that is impossible to defend. You just, you got to hope they miss shots. And that, honestly, that was sort of what worked for the Knicks as this game went along. Boston was hitting everything early on. And as time went along, it evened out a little bit. They, they still shot super duper well from three. Um, they finished the game, uh, not actually not as good as I thought, 16 to 46, which is only 35%. But they, they had stretches where they were really clicking. Um, so what changed for the Knicks? Um, I, I tracked all the early threes Boston made in this game. Um, so let's let, let's go through them together. And like, um, so first one um, was RJ um, in semi-transition, like, Grimes wanted to switch with him because Grimes was closer to Jalen Brown. RJ didn't recognize it. They both guarded Jalen Brown. Um, Jason Tatum gets gets a step in, lightly contested three. Um, then a second three from Jason Tatum. Sims just uh, he he got too deep in his drop, and, and it's hard to it's hard to say is that is that scheme is that Tom Thibodeau is that or is that Sims like not having that balance quite down yet in a way that Mitchell Robinson with with a few years more experience has down at a really really high level. Um, Another one where Sims again kind of dropped and and never got back up. Al Horford was wide open. He hit it. Um, And then Sims a third time um, where he was dropping deep. Grimes got caught on a screen. I think, I think Sims called out that the screen was flipped and Grimes just didn't quite get there in time to stop Jason Tatum again. Um, Another one where TNT kind of cut back to this play late. So it's hard to tell, but it seemed like Julius Randle was covering the inbound and just kind of like got lazy and didn't cover Derek White on the play. Um, but then in the second quarter, I don't think it was a total schematic shift, but it seemed like the Knicks started switching on, on some like, like sized screens, which gave, made it an easier cover um, to stick with the shooter. And then it was just more effort. And, and I mean, that's like, look, how did this eight game or this eight game winning streak now it's a, like two months ago, but how did like this stretch of the Knicks playing really great basketball get started? It was because you had Quinn Grimes, Deuce McBride and Emmanuel quickly, playing on a string defensively. And sometimes like, like people always say like, all right, Tibbs is in the wrong. Tibbs has to switch up the screen off the, the screen, the, the, the scheme for the screens. Um, and sometimes Tibbs is wrong. And especially offensively, sometimes he's wrong. But a lot of times, like, like it's hard to play defense in the NBA. It's really, really hard to play defense with modern rules going up against an impossibly good offense. Like maybe, I, I don't know if they're still there, but at points this year, the greatest offense in the history of basketball in the Boston Celtics. Um, so it takes great effort and great execution. And the Knicks had that in the second quarter with those three guys just flying around, getting better contests, um, law of averages evened out a little bit with the Celtics. They started missing a tiny bit and the Knicks uh, were, were able to take a full advantage of that um, and, and continued to down the stretch of this game. And, and even in overtime, like the Celtics got a bunch of open threes. Like they didn't, they, they went in down the stretch of the fourth quarter when the Celtics were coming back, they didn't really, go in and OT. And that was, that was ultimately the difference for the Knicks. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. The Knicks, the Knicks are due for that. The seven game series with the Celtics. Like if, if it comes down to that at, at some point this year, the Knicks will have some games where those shots are, are going in. They'll have some games where they're not. And the Knicks have a chance to win. Um, Let's get to Quentin Grimes or not Quentin Grimes. Let's get to Emmanuel quickly, because I thought he was incredible in the second quarter. I, I thought it was, I, maybe I, I throw this out too often and I need to keep a, a power ranking going, but I think it was the best quarter he played all year. I believe it was 12 points in the second quarter. He finished with 17 points, five rebounds on seven to 12 shooting, two for three from three, just one for two um, from the line for IQ. But I mean, he, he flashed some really good chemistry with Isaiah Hartenstein. They, they ran this little impromptu pick and roll near the rim. It led to IQ getting a teardrop. Um, 
and then had a couple of times where he put Derek White, who's a spectacular defender, just, just in the blender. Um, got him with a little hesitation dribble and then got him on his hip, got back middle for back-to-back floaters. Um, um, those were, those were on two possessions in a row. Um, and then had another one on Derek White where he like drove hard stop, got Derek White to fly by him a little pump fake, um, and then just drained the push shot. Um, and then, um, was kind of in his bag a little bit, like got Horford on a switch, did his signature, like right wing sidestep three ball. Um, and then, then hit a 28 footer off a dribble handoff. Like he was, he was just in his bag in the second quarter. And and you're seeing a guy who I think very much is, is finding himself as an NBA player. Like I, I used the term earlier this season, identity crisis, uh, with Emmanuel quickly. And I, I no longer think that's the case with him. Um, I, I think he, he is very much cognizant of, of the player that he is and should be. And like when to deploy what is an increasingly varied skill set and how to do so to the best effect. Um, he, he is playing great basketball right now. Um, Jalen Brunson. Uh, let's 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 take a let's take a two second break and we will get to Jalen Brunson in just a sec on the Lockdown Knicks podcast. All right, guys, uh, let's 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 run through everyone. Still a lot to cover. Third and final segment here on locked on Knicks and it was uh it was a bounce back performance from Jalen Brunson after a, a three-game stretch that um I thought was was probably his worst of the season even though he, he made some big plays late against the Cavs and then and this one like again he started like a little slow and then all of a sudden he heated up real quick like two like deep threes back to back in the first quarter to get going um like had a great two-man game with Julius Randle like first to set up Randle then then for himself to get um, a, a little floater, like flash the hook shot, flash the, the post game. Um, he, he had some issues defensively at points in this game, but also made some really good plays. Like had a strip on, uh, it was, uh, Jalen Brown really early on had a strip on time Lord, um, in overtime, uh, where he just got to the spot and prevented a dunk. Um, he got robbed in overtime when he probably should have had like an and one floater. Uh, but part of the, part of the issue, um, for, for Brunson down the stretch um, was he was not super duper effective in isolation. And I want to get to uh, one of the, uh, one of the Twitter questions we got for this pod. Um, it's not that one. Um, here we go. Um, from friend of the show, Adrian Chatham, uh, shout out Adrian. And uh, we met seeing Batman together unintentionally. Um, he says, is there any way we can, and if you're watching on, on YouTube, uh, this, uh, the, the question is up on the screen. Um, so if you're, you're in podcast form, you can, you can always go check us out on YouTube too. Um, is there any way we can cut down on solo JB Randall sets at the end of games? It's sad because you can see teams just fall asleep watching them. So smart teams are game planning for that. Nick nurse use the Randall, um, having him spin into three defenders defense to, on JB to great effect. And we saw that again with the Celtics, right? They started applying more ball pressure. Guys get tired. Um, Quentin Grimes in particular looked nervous um, in this game, which he he has on and off, I think, in clutch situations. And I've, I've said it before, but he just has a tendency to, to – he starts like kind of rushing his motion, especially when he's when he's wide open and he could really take his time and take a rhythm dribble. And I think I think that's a very natural tendency in in a younger player to to do that. Um, and it's, it's kind of the notion of like, all right, if I'm going to miss, like, I want to miss, like, I want to miss it fast. I don't want, I don't want to like take my time and like, and like check the wind and then miss because that's even more embarrassing. And I think, I think that's something he'll get past, but we're supposed to be talking about Jalen Brunson right now. Um, I think it's on Tom Thibodeau to draw up quicker hitting actions for them, which to his credit, he didn't overtime on the play where Randall 
uh, drew the foul. Like it was an inbound and Randall just went right to work going driving right um, and had uh, either either was going to draw the foul there or was going to kick it out to RJ, who was wide open in the corner again. And, and to me, that's that is ultimately like the single biggest variable. And like it's always going to be harder to get transition buckets and, and semi transition buckets late in games. But the Knicks just have to make an emphasis to push late in games and I, to me, that it, it just necessitates lesser legs, and I want to see more Obi Toppin for that reason, just so Randall's a little bit fresher down the stretch. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing like more Emmanuel quickly, so Brunson's a little fresher down the stretch. And to Tibbs's credit, like he he, I think he made an honest effort at that in this game. He actually sat Randall for ten minutes in the second quarter, which he's it's, it's literally the first time he's done that since Obi Toppin initially hurt his leg um, at this point, like a month and a half ago. So that was interesting. And then both guys sat for the first five minutes of the second of the fourth quarter and the bench was able to hold their own. But I, I think those two being a little bit fresher just will encourage them to create offense earlier because I, I think it's less about putting the ball in your best player's hands and more so like ensuring that they are doing something heading to the basket with 18 seconds left on the shot clock instead of with five seconds left on the shot clock. Cause then you, you just end up with, with live grenades and you end up like, I mean, Randall, I, I noted it earlier, but he had that really bad throwaway on a similar on, on, on a play where it was just like, he got it too late and was going to work too late. And last second tried to hit Grimes cutting and he had to throw it like kind of haphazardly. And it led, led to the uh, Brogdon three on the other end of the floor. Um, so that is, that is going to keep happening if your stars are tired. And also like, if you don't have, have some pet sets to run late in games and, and to tips credit, like he ran, like I think some half decent stuff. Like he, he at one point with two minutes left, like got Jalen Brunson one-on-one with Robert Williams and, and Brunson just clanked a pretty open elbow jumper like that at, at points, like getting your best player with a mismatch, like against the good defense, that might be the best you're going to get. So I think there is, there is a middle ground there between Tibbs being a little bit more creative. Um, but even more importantly, I think keeping guys fresher and also the Knicks just have to, develop some secondary options with some confidence like rj barrett is not as good of a three-point shooter as quentin grimes but he made it down the stretch where grimes missed and like i don't know like small sample size but i would attribute some of that to confidence like rj like on a night where he's five for 17 like didn't hesitate didn't look scared shot it normally while grimes was just looked like a little shook jericho sims like he was shook in overtime like he he just he, he missed out on a couple pretty clear-cut rebounds that he otherwise should have gotten and and just and made a couple of basic mistakes that you know at over time like he's going to get better at and he's going to get more comfortable but if you have Mitchell Robinson in that spot maybe it's a little different uh so i think i think there are there there's a couple different things at play there um and i think just as a as an overarching statement for Jalen Brunson who again was was awesome in this game with 29 points on 12 of 25 shooting like that that, that is a night to, to write home about with seven assists and four rebounds and, and, and the game winning block. Um, but he, I think he desperately needs uh, the all-star break. All right. Uh, let's, let's pop around a little bit. Uh, I thought the center play was, it was much similar to Cavs game on the whole, like outside of Sims in the first quarter was, was really good. Like iHeart had some great sequences, like had, had this big physical rebound and heavy traffic hit RJ up the court for a jam, then hit OB on a pinpoint outlet where, Obi went behind his back to evade. I think it was Grant Williams, and then laid it in. That was an awesome move. Like iHeart had a nice block on on Derek White as well. Sims, like as the game went along, had some really nice like switches onto Jason Tatum, where he stuck in, stuck with him, like took Tatum into his body and induced um, some tough shots for Tatum. Some of which went in, some of which didn't. That's that's life when you're playing a top six or seven guy in the league. Like that's 
That's what's going to happen. Had the great block to force overtime. Um, he was great. Uh, on the whole, uh, Deuce, Deuce, Deuce has been really good these last few games. Like he's, he's getting back into stride. He's finding his confidence again. Like didn't hit a shot, uh, but had three steals, two assists. Uh, the, the defense was, was fantastic. And I thought really drove the Knicks success in the second quarter where so many teams get roasted by Malcolm Brogdon in that Celtic second unit. Like Deuce was, was all over the place and just gives the Knicks like, I mean, it really is the combination of, of him and quickly that. Just create a different energy. I mean, quickly, there, there was a stat that came out today. He's third in the entire NBA um, in in net rating uh, since his career started. And pretty much everyone else on the list is an all NBA guy. Like there is there is a, a well, I'm, I'm not I'll say I'll say contagious swagger to having IQ out there. And I think Deuce gives him that on the defensive end. Grimes gives you a little bit of that. It is th- those guys are are fearless. And man, I mean, history says it's not going to happen, but I, I just I just hope they get they get six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years together with the Knicks because I, I already am in love with those guys. And I'm sure all of you listening are already absolutely in love with those guys. Um, Obi Toppin. Uh, let's, we, we did get a question on Obi Toppin from big daddy King Vol two. Um, he wants to know why can't Obi played in PNR. He just chills at the three point line to make spacing. I get it, but he could be a focal point. This is something I would love to see from the Knicks as a wrinkle down the stretch of games. I know playing OB and Randall together, like against the Celtics, if they're going to throw Horford and Robert Williams out there, like to some extent, like as a hazard and like, you don't have a lot of rim protection with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I get it. But if the Celtics are scoring at will anyways, like give me some of that look, because I think, I, I think another way for the Knicks to create late game offense would be going small and having the same five out spacing that the Celtics get the benefit of late in games and, and the Celtics are, are lucky enough to do it. Like with Horford, if they so choose, like who can actually protect the rim, but what Obi could give you as a rim runner with four shooters, like is, is completely unexplored. And ultimately I think it's at some point, it's just, it's going to happen on another team. And we're going to watch that guy average 20 points per game, because I think he is, he is that kind of threat. Um, if he is given priority and he shouldn't be given priority over Julius Randall right now, but he should get the chance to play with him um, at times. All right, let's wrap up. We got uh, one final question. Um, can these primetime games make us have two all-stars from Steel? Um, I don't think so. I think Julius Randle is going to make it. I don't think Jalen Brunson is going to make it, and that's just a product of the East field being incredibly competitive. But I, I just think I think Randle is, is, uh, is proving himself deserving at this point. Um, so that's it for this edition of the Locked on Knicks podcast. An incredible, incredible win for the Knicks. They'll try and continue the momentum um, against the Nets, who are who are really on a skid right now. Jacques Vaughn had some some comments about Ben Simmons, uh, referring to his sore knee with a with a very obvious eye roll. Um, so things might not be so good in Brooklyn, and it could be a chance for the Knicks, a, a team of streaks all year, to find a three gamer on a week where um, many thought uh, they might might go winless. So that is pretty cool. But until next time. I'm Gavin Shaw. This is Locked on Knicks. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.